Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, first, I just want to say, uh, I'm glad to have Pastor Gio back with us. Uh, you've been missed. Uh, next week, he'll be back to preaching, but since I'm here on the stage, guess what? I get to talk about youth ministry. So um, I have a captive audience for the next few minutes. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the term a youth-led service. Uh, I, I've shifted to a youth-centered service. Uh, now we do have uh, students leading today in, in the you know, media operations and reading, and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, however, I want to come to you today and ask for help. Now, I'm not asking for all of you to come and, and, and teach on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning. I, I know some of you probably just got overwhelmed with anxiety with the thought of teaching teenagers. That's okay. I totally understand. Uh, that, that's not exactly my goal this morning. Um, I ask that you simply maybe try to get to know a couple of teenagers. And there's a reason why I ask. Uh, but, but maybe talk to them when you pass them in the hallway here or, or if you see somebody you know in, in town. Uh, maybe get to know their families and let them know who you are. This is really important. Um, there, there's research showing that the more adult Christ followers that teenagers know, the stronger their faith will be in their later years. And that's not just so they'll go to church after they graduate, but so that they will be resilient Christ followers for the rest of their life. Uh, next, I need you to pray for our students and, and the, all the students in Marshall, really. Uh, they're consistently and constantly surrounded by lies from this world, right? And, and they need prayer warriors in their corner. Because if we don't, who else will do that? The stuff they encounter daily is astounding. It really is. And it actually, uh, it actually goes well with our, our commandment today. But the world is telling them that uh, wrong is right, and, and the truth is not even true. And I try to keep up with what's going on in the world and in the lives of teens, and sometimes it's uh, really disheartening. And it weighs on me what they experience. And I graduated not too long ago. Trust me, the, the beard adds a few years. Uh, but it, it's always been true, but like never before, they really need you in their corner. And they need constant prayer and they also need to be reminded that God is real, He is good, and He is sovereign over all. So, with that being said, let's jump into our scripture. If you have a Bible, open up to Exodus 20, chapter 16. Uh, that's where we'll be camping out. And before we read, um, let me just say that uh, our youth group this summer has been studying through the book of First John. And it's, it's been a blast. Uh, as a matter of fact, on Wednesday nights, we circle up in chairs right here. Uh, and we read through it verse by verse and discuss it, and they get to ask questions and, and see what you know, say what they've uh, experienced through reading it, and, and it's a blast. But uh, the other day I was reading First John chapter five verse three, and I was reminded of why this series is called Flourish. So let me read that real quick. For this is what love for God is: to keep His commands, and His commands are not a burden. It's suffering to know that, that these commands that have been given to us are not meant to be a burden on our lives, taking out the joy in life. That's not their purpose. Instead, they're a gift from God that help us live a more, more fulfilling and a more meaningful life. So let's keep that in mind as we continue on in this series. Uh, 
the ninth commandment is often rendered down to do not lie. Or, as you might have grown up with it, thou shalt not lieth, I, I think, or something like that. Um, th- then that's not necessarily wrong, but it isn't the whole picture either. And so let's, let's read Exodus 20, verse 16. It says this, Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. So what does that mean? What does that mean? This verse is about lying, but it's specifically talking about lying about someone else, specifically in a court of law. And so if you're standing in a courtroom and, and someone is on trial for a crime, uh, you are required to tell the truth. I, I'm sure you, you all know the phrase that people say uh, before they go into court. Right? I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Right? And, we, and we hear that uh, quite often. That means you can't make up something that isn't true uh, about the person on trial. It also means you can't leave out anything that is required or, or meaningful for the trial as well. The whole truth must be spoken. The whole truth. And so while this was important for legal reasons, um, it, it's, it, the principle is not confined just to a courtroom. It's for our everyday life, our interactions with the people we love and, and don't know, with, with uh with people who uh, we interact with on a daily basis. That, that's, that's what it's talking about. And a neighbor, it's not your literal next-door neighbor or someone who lives across the street from you, but it's anyone we come in contact with uh, any day or anyone that we have dealings with. So that's what the neighbor is. And so Jen Wilkins says this in her book, Ten Words to Live By. It says, It can be understood broadly to address the way we speak of and to our neighbors, those who are around us. It commands honesty in our words and actions, a commitment to integrity and rightly representing our neighbors in both their presence and their absence. Though you may never be called to testify in a court of law, the testimony you bear about your neighbors in everyday moments will shape your life and theirs for good or for ill. So this commandment is so much more than simply not lying in a courtroom. right? It, it encompasses our whole life and every interaction with people that we have around us and with those we love. So what are some ways in which we lie? Well, first off, uh, there's just explicit deceit. right? And, and sometimes we... We try to mask over how bad this really is by just saying, oh, it's just a little white lie. You've all heard that, maybe said it, um, and, and we, we'll justify it by saying it's, it was probably for the best anyways. You know, it's, it, that wasn't really that bad. Um, and here's an example you may be able to relate to, or maybe not. Maybe you're a better person than, than I have been. Uh, but someone asks you, have you ever seen this movie? And for some reason... You might just accidentally say, yeah, I think so. And maybe none of you have ever done that. Great for you, I'm glad. But I've talked to many people who have done that, and we don't know why it happens. Maybe you just get this little sense of, I want to make sure they know that I'm cultured. You know, yes, I have seen that film, you know. And and, and, uh, 
but, but these little things that they can just kind of compra- compound onto one another. Um, nothing is gained except for a short, prideful little moment, right? Because uh, suddenly you might seem a little better than you think you really are. And so now I'm going to get personal with you for just a second. I'm not someone who really cares for sports, okay? I'm not. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, I do enjoy playing sports. I've played all through high school and, and some intramurals in college. I like to play, and I occasionally like to go to a fun sporting event. That's a blast, right? Because uh, the concessions are awesome, and, and it's fun to be around people you love. It's just it's really fun, especially with uh, air-conditioned stadiums, praise the Lord. It's, it's fantastic. But how, you will never catch me on my couch watching ESPN. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, now, you might see me if the Olympics are on and ping pong is going on. That's really fun. Or curling in the winter. That's, that's a blast. But other than that, you're not going to see me watching sports. And so people will just try to shoot the breeze with me and say, how about them cowboys? You know, or, or a question like that. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what their season looks like. I don't know how they're doing. I probably couldn't name six players on their team right now. Now, if I dig deep down, maybe not, probably still not. But sometimes, what do I say? <laughs> a lot of potential this year. <laughs> Can't wait to see how the conference is going as we move forward. You know, uh, uh, I wasn't sure about every draft pick, but I think, I think we have the ability to make it to playoffs this year. You know, you can, you can say this kind of stuff, and, and I can say it really confidently, but I have no idea what on earth I'm saying. But... I want to fit in. I want to be a part of a greater discussion. You know, I want to be able to communicate and and relate to somebody. But what does that end up costing me? They might ask me another question, and I'm—I have two options. I can just keep trying to lie and roll with it, or I can say, "I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea who that is." You know, I—I don't know. Uh, I don't know why I said that. And as a matter of fact, I used to say all that kind of stuff to try and and fit in with my friends, right? But that didn't end up going too well. Now I just say, I don't really follow sports, and, and, uh, and, and it's so freeing, you know, to just be able to say, I, I don't know, I, I don't, that, that's great they're doing well, I'm so glad. Uh, and is it, can it be embarrassing? Sure, but I, I don't care anymore. Uh, and I would say, well, a little white lie, sometimes, you know, a person asks something else, and and, and you just get caught in a web. You've all heard caught in a web of lies, right? That's where lies just compound and compound, and you have to remember and, and keep up this little charade you've got going on. This is how they always work. You're caught up in a constant tension where we have to remember every lie, and it just makes life so much more difficult, even though it's easier in that moment. See, telling the truth may be difficult, but it's freeing. It's freeing because an explicit lie might make right now easier, but it makes our future self and those around us suffer. A lie makes our future self and those around us suffer. And another way we lie is half-truths. We've all probably been uh, guilty of telling a half-truth. It's often either a way out of a deserved consequence or it can be a way to manipulate somebody. Even subconsciously, we can manipulate people by just telling them part of it. Uh, a silly way to think about a half-truth was uh, a few years ago, I was at a, at a friend's house, and he, he made burgers for everybody, and 
uh, or what he called burgers. And uh, you know, we were sitting there at the dinner table, and I was trying to choke this thing down. And he said, what do you think? I said, oh, man, I love burgers. And that was what I told him, right? I, I didn't say that I love this burger because it wasn't true. You know, and we might say stuff like that to try to get out of an awkward conversation, right? And th- that, that might be a silly example, but um, a half-truth is often not very silly. They could be hurtful when a full picture is not shown or a full story is not told. Think about this. Have you ever either in your work life or, or family or maybe even uh, church, sadly, uh, you hear a story about you and you think, well, that's only half the story. And you, and you kind of get mad because the full picture wasn't told and now you're made to look like the bad guy or that's only their part of the story. These half-truths have consequences. It's hurtful. And this can result in belittling someone or someone's name being smeared. And it's, it's not just a, a silly little half-truth. And so it can be harmful and manipulative. Uh, finally, a huge way in which we lie that we don't often think about is silence. Silence. It, back to the courtroom. If you have evidence that could clear somebody's name and you refuse to speak up and say it, guess what? That is lying. That's not the whole truth. It's withholding the truth. And it's very common because it can oftentimes be uncomfortable to speak up in awkward situations. Or even if you don't like somebody and you don't speak up to defend them, maybe behind their back. William Barclay says this about Jewish law. One of the most interesting facts about the Jewish law is that the man who refuses to give evidence when he has evidence to give is condemned as severely as the man who gives false evidence. It's an important principle that a cowardly or careless and irresponsible silence can be as senseless a crime as false and lying speech. He finishes by saying the sin of silence is as real as the sin of speech. There are times where we cannot sit down and be silent. Sometimes we have to speak up. So where does this inclination to lie come from? Well, it comes from Satan. You might have heard this. He's the father of lies. Uh, Revelation 12, 9 calls him a deceiver. He deceives the world. And we first read about him in Genesis 3. And his first words in the garden, Did God really say? Those were his first words. He's deceiving Eve and causing a mistrust in God and what God has already said. So he's, he's putting seeds of doubt into her mind, saying, well, did God really say this? Will I really die? I don't know. He goes on to say that we can be like God, and that lie is a lie that has not gone away. It's been consistent in our world since Genesis chapter 3. People oftentimes think that they are better than God, or they don't need a God, or they can be like God. Sometimes they're just the God of their own world. I hear people say, it's great that you worship your God, but personally, I just don't really need religion. 
that's a very prideful thing to say. Uh, and that lie has been spreading around the world for thousands of years. By saying, did God actually say, he, he spread confusion and doubt around. That's what he did, he spread confusion. There are so many false teachers who go around saying, uh, and especially targeting uh, young people and, and students, they say, do you think that God actually would think this? Do you seriously think that this is what it was meant to be? No way a loving God would say that. Whoops, it must have been lost in translation. There's a lot of different, you know, the Bible wasn't written in English. And we hear all sorts of this kind of stuff, and it's just thrown in our face every single day. And there's a people, a generation of people who are confused um, about the Bible and what God has actually said because there are thousands of voices screaming, did God actually say that? So this first lie that we read about in the Bible is still around today in full force. This is not to say don't ask questions because questions are a good thing. It, it's everything we say and believe should be put to the test. And guess what? It should pass the test as well. Do your best to prove the things you say and think deeply about your faith. Think deeply about your faith. And don't just rely on spiritual leaders or, or, or pastors to think for you. But do it yourself. Do the hard work. Um, it's good to ask questions and honestly seek what is actually true. However, when... Satan said to Eve, what Satan said to Eve was not meant to strengthen her faith in God. It was asked in a way to cause her to doubt. And he manipulated her by telling her a half-truth. And so this is the way that uh, she was manipulated with explicit lies and neglecting to say the consequences of her actions. So here are some reasons why both the devil and we lie number one is hatred hatred for others saying something false or only half true about somebody might reveal how you really feel about that person it might reveal what you think about them and you may not love your neighbor enough to do the hard work of being completely honest and think about that because if you were to live your life being completely honest that's hard work. It's difficult. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Maybe you're mad at someone for something they did to you, and you get revenge on that person by not speaking up or not defending them when you hear a lie about them or continuing gossip about them. And if we're honest, we hear the word gossip thrown around a lot, and you think, I don't really participate in that. But if we're honest, it's it's a lot more common than we really think. And not only that, but it's a lot more destructive than we think too. Because it might just be a quick conversation you have with a friend about what's going on in someone else's life, but you don't know where that conversation will eventually go, how that conversation will change. You don't know how that story might get back to that person and ruin their week or, or cause someone to think something about them. You don't know how destructive a simple conversation might be. Another reason for dishonesty is pride. Maybe it's easier to put others down so that we can lift ourselves up. 
maybe you tell a story and it's not 100% true, but boy, doesn't it sound good. It sounds really good. Maybe a story gets twisted to make you look better. Uh, even embellishment on a story is prideful. We've all heard the story of the size of the fish. You know, I caught, it was, it was that big. It was a really big fish, you know. Uh, pride. We oftentimes will even put others down or maybe take credit for something that's not 100% ours in order to make ourselves look just a little bit better. We're prideful. And number three, uh, fear. We lie because of fear. And perhaps we're afraid of a due consequence. You know, uh, my dog ate my homework is the classic example of not owning up to your actions or your lack of actions, really, uh, whenever it comes to lying. And so to many people, this is such an impulse. If you feel uncomfortable, lie. If you feel awkward, lie. If you don't know, make something up. Um, if you don't know what to say in a conversation, maybe just tell them, yes, you have seen that movie. I don't know what that might be, but we're fearful of an uncomfortable conversation or uncomfortable scenario, and it's ultimately selfish to sacrifice the truth to make ourselves feel better in the moment. Oftentimes, the, the names of people get smeared in this process, too. Uh, as I said earlier, temporary relief often has negative repercussions going forward. Temporary relief, what, what feels good now to say a, a little awkward lie, it has repercussions going forward. Don't let fear stand in your way of being a person of integrity. Because it will stand in the way of that. And so this begs the question, why be a person of integrity? Why does truth matter so much? Why does it matter if I tell the truth to somebody, even if I don't know who they are? Because God values truth, and God is truth. God's word is the truth. Everything in Scripture is true, despite people's attempts to refute it. And so if God values truth, we should as well. We should value uh, truth very much. And this doesn't just mean to value not lying, but it should mean to value telling the truth. Even though seemingly little white lies should really convict us and convict our spirit. Not only are we called to tell the whole truth in situations uh, regarding other people, but we were also called to tell the truth of the gospel. We're called to tell the truth of the gospel to other people and to all nations. And so what we say has consequences, both good and bad consequences. James 3, 5 through 6 says this about our words and our tongue. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a small fire ignites. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. That's pretty intense, right? It's, it's really saying that what we say matters. It shows the weight that our words 
carry. They can be destructive and can tear people down and, and hurt people and, and cause things to, to not go well. And, and we can also change the world for the better. That's our, our opportunity. It's our privilege. When we're people of truth, we spread the truth of the gospel to all nations. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. There's that word witness. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can be witnesses on behalf of Jesus to tell the world about the gospel the good news of Jesus. That's what it looks like to be a person of truth and a person of real integrity. And so some come in the name of the deceiver. They sow seeds of doubt, confusion, questioning God and and what he really said. And others tell half-truths and preach an incomplete gospel or a gospel clouded with extra requirements we have both the joy and the responsibility of sharing the full gospel to the ends of the earth why because jesus who is truth took on the burden of a false witness so that we could be rescued from a false life He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe him? See, we've all fallen short. And we've all been false witnesses before. Even if it's just a little white lie. Still an imperfection. Let him forgive you and make you new. So what's your next step today? Do you need to reject the lies of the world and accept the truth of the gospel that you've heard? Do you need to repent of a lie and ask for forgiveness from a friend or maybe your spouse or a sibling, a child even? Do you need to leave fear behind and be a truth teller and proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? What's your next step? Whatever your next step is, there will be somebody in the back of the room to help you walk through that. And I pray that you will take that next step. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these commandments that give us a full and a meaningful life. Help us flourish in our walk with you. Not just so we have happier lives, but so that we can be people of truth who are not ashamed of the gospel. Give us the boldness to speak up when others are silent and the courage to tell the truth even when it hurts. We ask all this in your name. Amen.